Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Just Janice. I am super excited that you are joining me because we are going to get into the Word of God a little bit today. So I'm actually just sitting here at my dining room table and I am reading my super cute pink study Bible that I love so much. I'm in the book of Acts and I actually just got done finishing the book of Luke and then now I'm in Acts, which is a perfect follow-up for the book of Luke. They're actually meant to be read together. I read that somewhere um, at some point, and so I decided to do that, to read the book of Luke and study that and then head into the book of Acts, which has been an awesome journey. I've read both of them several times, but um, just during this season, it's, it's it's been new to me, and I love that about the Word of God, that we can open it up at any point in our lives and read something that maybe we've read a million times and just get something new out of it because... The Word of God is living and active, and it's just, it's always relevant. And so I love that about the Word of God, that we can always glean new understanding or see something maybe that we didn't see before, and so I just love that. So I have a few different things I want to talk about today. I'm specifically in Acts 16, and I'm in the part where Paul and Silas were were put in jail. And so I want to read this scripture and then I want to talk about it because I'm I'm just like, this is so good. I have to share this on the podcast. So I'm in 16 and I'm going to start in verse 25. But before that, um, Paul and Silas had, um, Paul had had a vision to go to Macedonia. And so they had traveled there. They had tried to go a few other places, but the Holy Spirit was telling them that's not where you're supposed to go. And so then the Lord had given them a vision of Macedonia. So that's where they went. So on their journey there, when they got there, they went down to a river where people were praying, and it says that that was a customary thing that happened. So they went down to the river where people were praying and um, just got to meet people there, and people, they preached the gospel, people got saved, specifically Lydia, um, who is talked about in verses, verse starting in verse 11, if you want to go back and look at that in more detail. Her and her entire household were saved, and so they, um, when they were going to the place of prayer by the river, there was a demon-possessed girl who you may have heard this specifically taught about. Um, this is a scripture I've heard referenced a lot and heard taught, but um, she was possessed with a spirit of divination, so she was a fortune teller. She made a lot of money for her masters, and she just kept following them around day after day. Until the point, um, and she was proclaiming, it says, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. So she was doing that like day after day after day to the point where Paul got extremely annoyed and finally turned around and cast that spear out of her, which of course made her masters upset because she was their source of income. They were making money off this woman. They didn't care that she was demon-possessed. They saw her as a way of income, and so... When the spirit was cast out of her and then she was no longer, you know, 
useful for them as a source of income. They went to the magistrates and um, Paul and Silas were beaten. They were thrown in jail. They were beaten with rods. So, hello, that was intense. So, all for setting someone free. And so that's kind of the part where I've kind of like parking at here is like, they were going around and preaching the gospel and setting people free. This woman was bound by this spirit. And because they were doing kingdom work, they were doing the work that God called them to do. They were beaten and thrown in jail for it. So how's that for, (laughs) how's that for fun? Um, You know, sometimes we think like, oh, living for God is just like, It's always roses and butterflies and rainbows and sparkles. And that is not the truth. Sometimes, most times, like if we're not facing any sort of opposition, I would say that that's an issue. And so, you know, maybe in America, though, we we see that as like persecution or whatever. We don't we don't in the form of maybe verbal um, disapproval or thing like things like that. We at this time are not facing persecution like a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ are around the world. But persecution of the church started way back then, and it's still continuing today. There are people who are getting their heads lopped off and and being thrown in jail, and they're having to have underground church in an attempt to stay hidden from their government or whatever. And so this is nothing new. It's written about in Scripture in the book of Acts in the first century church. So that's where we're at. That's where I want to pick up. That's kind of a little bit of a prelude into what I want to read about. And discuss. So I'm going to read in verse 25. It says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Okay, that's the part where I'm like, What? Like they've been beaten, like horribly beaten, and thrown in the inner, like the inner prison, and they have their feet fastened with stocks. And they are up at midnight praying and singing hymns to God. And I think, Wow, like I get annoyed because someone messes up my ice cream order and I'm not, you know, praying and praising God. I'm a little brat. And here they've been beaten, but they're still singing and praying. And I just think it's so beautiful. And it just really made me reflect on like, what is my response to, to situations and to life when things don't go my way or whatever? Hang on, I'm gonna, my phone is having notifications. So I'm gonna shut those off so they don't buzz in your ear. So yeah, that's, yeah, just reading that, I was just like, wow, like what, what is my response when something doesn't go my way or when I'm in a situation that I don't feel like I deserve because like for them, they were out doing God's work and now here they are in the prison and their response was that they were praying and singing hymns to God. And I just think that's such a reflection of the trueness of their relationship with God, that nothing was going to take that away from them. Um, you know, whether they faced hardships or not, they were, they were going to continue worshiping and praising God. And that's just something that I want us to reflect on because a lot of times when hardships come or whatever, like we find ourselves, you know, okay, who is this God that I serve? And I thought he was a good God. And why am I facing this? And I think a lot of times we turn away from him because we, we don't think he's good anymore because of situations or circumstances. And so anyway, um, I'm going to get back to reading this in just a second, but I was just thinking too about Philippians chapter four, where, where Paul talks about how he knows what it's like to be hungry and to be full, to have everything and to 
have nothing and how he learned the secret of being content. And that word has been such a resonating word in my life during this season, the secret of being content. And he realized that his strength was found in Christ and that he could do all things through Christ. That Philippians 4.13 chap- is chapter and verse is a super popular chapter and verse in the Christian world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But like the core of that scripture is the fact that no matter what, I'm still going to press through and I'm still going to press on in Christ, whether I have everything or I have nothing. And so it's cool to see like here in Acts where we're reading where Paul was coming from in a practical sense, because we could read that and be like, okay, like he learned what it was like to have nothing and have everything. And maybe in our culture, I think, okay, well, I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck or to have a little bit extra in my bank account or, you know, to have nothing or to be waiting for that, you know, next paycheck to come through or whatever. And it's so, it's so different than what Paul faced. Like he's literally in prison here. So anyway, um, that's, that was a whole little rabbit trail, but I'm going to go back to verse 25 here and keep reading because this is so good. I love the word of God and I just love how practical it is and how applicable it is to our lives. And so verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. So think about that. The people around them were observing their behavior. They knew probably why they were thrown in jail and they're watching their the response of Paul and Silas. So not to get off on a whole other rabbit trail, but think about that when you're going through hardships in life, like people are watching you, especially if you are someone who professes to be a Christian and a believer, a follower of Christ, like people are watching your response. And that's not to put like a weighty pressure on you to like, you know, you have to be perfect or this perfect Christian or I mean, not at all, but just know that people are observing your life and, and your reactions to, you know, things that happen. Okay. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. So that his, if that prison guard, if he would have had prisoners escape, from his while he was on duty he would have been killed he would have been executed so he was like okay great all these doors are flung open he saw that he assumed that people were the prisoners were out and so he was like I'm gonna kill myself because he just figured that was probably the easiest way to get it over with but it says Paul called with a loud voice saying do yourself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So you know that prison guard knew why Paul and Silas were in there. He knew that they were were proclaiming the gospel and that they were talking, you know, that they they were evangelists. They were talking about Jesus. They loved God. They were serving God. He probably heard them singing and praying too. And he just witnessed a demonstration of God he felt that earthquake and saw those doors open. And so he's like, okay, this is real, what you guys have, what you carry. And so he's asking them, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. 
And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. So I just think how... How cool is this story? I love it because it just shows Paul and Silas are in the prison. They're singing. They're worshiping the Lord. No doubt that that they were in agonizing pain. They were beaten with rods. And they're, you know, they go into the home of this jailer or this jail guard, prison guard, and he's washing their stripes. So they obviously their stripes hadn't been washed and they were just beaten and thrown into the jail. And their response, like, regardless of how they felt and what they had experienced. And they weren't blaming God and saying, why are we in here? We were out doing your work and what you've called us to do. And now we're in this prison. Are you kidding me? And no, they were worshiping him. They were praying. They were calling out to God because they loved him. And that's, that's the place where I want us to be at is like, no matter what I face in life, no matter what storms I'm going through or what I'm facing, the hardships, whatever, that my response is to go to God, not run from him. And so as I was reading this, I even thought about, I mean, obviously it's a completely different scenario. I've never been in jail. I've never been beaten with rods, but I think about like the hardest season of my life with going through my divorce. And a lot of times people will go through those types of seasons in life where it's devastating. Like I can't even put into words how devastating it is to go through a divorce. If you've gone through one or you've even maybe been a child whose parents have been divorced or whatever, like, and you've experienced what that does to a person, you could understand. But, but I, I, I literally, I just can't even put into words how devastating of a season that was for me, but because my foundation was already set in Christ and on scripture and in the word and just knowing him and loving him and having relationship with him, my, he was, my, my response was to run to him, not to run away from him. And a lot of times when people do go through seasons like that, they turn to drinking or, um, just sleeping around or whatever. And, you know, honestly, I, I understand because, you want to escape that pain and those things help you temporarily escape them. They're not permanent fixes. They're not lasting fixes. So I don't recommend them by any means, but I can understand having that level of pain that's so deep that you would look for something to try to cover it up and make it go away. And so my response through my situation, that's not to pat myself on the back or anything. It's just, honestly, it's a reflection of the scripture that talks about the wise builder and it talks about the one who built their their foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ, that when the storms come, their house still stood. But the one who built their home on the sand, their foundation on the sand, when the storms of life came, the house toppled over. And so the storms of life, honestly, they're a reflection of our foundation. And so if you're going through a season that's hard or difficult, like that's really a good opportunity to look at how solid your foundation is, how solid is your relationship with the Lord when you come into hardships and things that hurt and that are devastating? Are you running to God or are you running from him? And I want to encourage you to run to him and run to him with everything you have because he is a solid foundation and nothing, there's nothing in this world that can 
satisfy. There's nothing in this world that can heal you and fix you and and just be that be what God can be for you. There is nothing else. There is no other answer. And so anyway, that was kind of my takeaways from from these scriptures and just thinking about life and in our responses and um, just what God has for us um, and how no matter what we come up against or what we face that we can always have reason to sing and pray and praise him because he's worthy of that and he never changes whether our situations or our circumstances I mean they could change from day to day but and we've seen that <laughs> with recent happenings in, in our world that I mean, we could wake up tomorrow and the world could be a completely different place, but he never changes. His word never changes. Who he is never changes. And that to me is such a, it's just a, it gives me peace. It's a, it's a relief that no matter what crazy things are happening in my world, what seasons of life I go in, whether I have plenty or I have nothing, whether I'm hungry or I'm full, whatever, season I face that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and that he is my rock and my foundation and he's just my steadfast place my hiding place my shelter so anyway I hope that this message encourages you guys please share it if you feel led to share it with someone who might need to hear it um I do these podcasts honestly I'm not doing it for any other reason other than to just minister to people that's my heart is to share the word, share my life stories, and just the things that God shows me because we need each other as a body of Christ. We all have a voice, and everyone's voice matters. And so I'm just using my voice to share truth and to uh, just talk about whatever God puts on my heart. So pray that it blesses you, and I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer because I love doing that. So Father God, I thank you for every listener on this podcast, Lord, and I pray that whether they're in a season of facing hardships or they're in a season where they feel like life is good and that they have it all together, God, that regardless of what season we find ourselves in, that we would turn to you, God, that we would spend time in prayer, that we would sing your praises, God, that we would worship you, Lord, that we wouldn't wait until seasons are hard to turn to you, and then when, when seasons are going good, that we would just be like, okay, God, we got it, and put you on a shelf, Lord. I pray that we would look to you in every season of life that we face, God, that we would never put you on a shelf or, or treat you um, just as an object to be used when when we need you. God, I, I declare that I need you and we all need you all the time. God, every moment of every day we need you. And so I just pray that regardless of what we're facing today and even in this season of life we're in, Lord, that we would turn to you. That I just thank you that you incline your ear to us, Lord. God, that you are faithful and that as we draw near to you, you always draw near to us. God, that you are intimately acquainted with all of our ways. God, you know every hair on our head and your thoughts toward us outnumber the sand of the sea. And I thank you that you love us that much. So Lord, I pray that every listener would feel that lavish love, that they would be just drawn into your presence today, God, and that you would speak truth into their hearts. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the holy hunger for your word. God, that we would never be satisfied with just Sunday morning spoon feedings of the word, God, but that we would be people who love your word, who understand and rightly divide it. And God, I just thank you for who you are and what you're doing in each of our lives, Lord. And I just say, have your way in my life and in the life of my listeners. 
in Jesus' name, amen.